0: Good morning, church. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, praise team. Choir, Dave, for that wonderful music that you let us in worship with this morning. Thank you for being here today. How many of you had a good night's sleep last night? I had a great one. All right. We appreciate a good night's sleep, don't we? Some of us can relate to the battle of the alarm clock, can't we? I have some children, I'll not call their name this morning, that you could put an atomic bomb beside their their ears in the morning and they wouldn't flinch if the thing went off. You know, sleep is very important for our physical bodies, isn't it? It's vital for our health for many reasons. If we go in sleep deprivation mode, the experts tell us it's a lot like having a lot of alcohol in your bloodstream. Some of you that have maybe gone with out sleep for long periods of time understand maybe the, the illusions, the dizziness, the uh, dysfunction that we don't perform as well as we should when we're sleep-deprived. They also tell us that the average adult needs seven and a half to eight hours. Sleep per night to function properly the next day. How many of you get that much sleep? Okay, just a few. The reality is that most of us probably are hitting on about five to six hours per night. That's not enough. Some need more sleep. Some sleep nine hours or more. And that's what it requires for them to be able to function normally, to get a good night's rest, to get a good night's sleep. It's important for our physical bodies, for the purpose of healing and restoration and, and refreshing. But spiritually speaking, did you know that sleep could be detrimental? I'm talking about spiritual sleep. You may ask, what is spiritual sleep? Well, let me give you this concise definition of spiritual sleep. First of all, I'm not speaking about those that are dead in Christ that are in the presence of the Lord. I'm talking about a spiritual apathy and a lack of concern for the things of God. You know, there were some people in the Bible that fell asleep and it was costly to them. The first one that comes to mind is Adam. You know what happened to Adam? He fell asleep and he woke up married. Samson. Think about Samson. Samson fell asleep and he woke up ball-headed. What about Jonah? Jonah fell asleep and he woke up in a violent storm. Peter, James, and John fell asleep and woke up to a mob arresting the Lord Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. There's also another guy in the Bible, in the book of Acts, in Acts 20... His name is Eutychus. Eutychus fell asleep sitting in a third-story window. When Paul was preaching, can you imagine falling asleep when the Apostle Paul was preaching? He falls asleep while the Apostle Paul is preaching, and he falls out of the window, and he dies. So if you have your Bibles, your iPads, your iPhones, go to Acts. Chapter 20, beginning in verse 7. Acts 20, verse 7 and following. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he had intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. And when he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man and said, Don't be alarmed. He's alive. Then he went upstairs again, broke bread, and ate. And after talking until daylight, he left. The people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. Let me pray for us before we go any further. Father God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this beautiful day. Think, we thank you for these that have gathered to hear from you, Lord. And I pray that we'd set aside the cares and the worries of this world for just a few minutes so that we could hear from you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's interesting that Eutychus' name, the meaning of his name is, is really fortunate. We could call him old Lucky, if you will. And I would say that he was very fortunate that night to fall out of a third-story window to die, and then Paul to be used to bring him back to life. Now, if we're real honest this morning, I think all of us at some point in time could relate to old Lucky, couldn't we? I I think at some point in time, we've all, if we're honest, we could raise our hands and say, I've fallen asleep in church. How many of you have fallen asleep in church? Okay, let's be honest. Okay. Some of you aren't being honest. honest. The altar is open for repentance. Is it, possible, is it possible for us to be in church, be physically awake, but be spiritually asleep? Is it possible that we come to church and just tune the preacher out like Eutychus did that night? I think so. A- have you ever wondered why some people come to church? Why you come to church? I ask you that question. A question for introspection. Why do, you, why do you come to church? I think some people come to church to see their friends and to fellowship. They're very relational people. And that's not a bad thing in itself. I think others come to church because their wives are very spiritual. And it's a way to please her, if you will. If that is the only reason that those people are coming to church, I would guess that maybe they're spiritually asleep. There's some youth, there's some children here today that your parents made you come to church. Let's just be real honest. That's the only reason that you came is because... Your parents made you come to church. And if that's the only reason you came to church, then there's a good chance that you're spiritually asleep. There are those that come on Christmas and Easter only. We call them CEOs. And there's a very good chance that those people are spiritually asleep. There are others that come to church often. They come every Sunday and it makes them feel better. Morally speaking. Well, if that's the only reason that they're coming to church, there's a real good chance that they're spiritually asleep. As we, as we read in Acts 20, we looked at Eutychus, the young man that fell from the window. It's an interesting story. Scripture doesn't tell us what led up to this point and why Eutychus... Uh, was in the state that he was in, but possibly he worked all day. And he was simply tired when he came to church. Maybe the air condition wasn't working. He chose to get in the third story window there to get some fresh air. The Scripture tells us that Paul was, and I'm paraphrasing, he was very long-winded that evening, wasn't He, he said he preached till midnight. Guess what they did after they got Utica straightened out? They came back in, broke bread, and what did he do? He preached till morning. How many of you would sit in a service like that? Okay, don't raise your hands because. Hey, Paul was a little long winded that night, wasn't he? I've learned this over the years. He who preaches short preaches again. <laughs> Friend, spiritual sleep is dangerous. Spiritual sleep for the believer is very dangerous. Would you say that with me this morning? Spiritual sleep is dangerous. Thank you. Paul writing to the church in Rome, to the Christians in Rome in Romans 13. Turn in your Bibles to Romans 13, please. Writing to Christians in the church of Rome. Romans 13. Beginning in verse 11, he says, And do this, understanding the present time, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. The New King James uses the word sleep. He says, wake up from your sleep. He also says that the hour has already come. The New King James says it's high time. We've heard that phrase before. It's it's high time that you wake up from your slumber, because our salvation... He's, talking, he's not talking about our justification, but He's talking about the final aspect of our redemption, our glorification here in this, this text. He says, our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently. As in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. What is Paul saying to us there? He's saying it is high time not to be spiritually passive and apathetic and unresponsive to the things of God. That's what he's telling us that. Why? Why does he tell us that? He mentions the day. The day there is a reference to the return of Christ. It reminds us that that day is closer than we realize. Did you know, and most of you do, some of you may not, that we're today in the church age. We call it the church age. That's where we are today as believers. We are in the church age. The next event on the prophetic calendar... It's the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord begins with the rapture of the church. where Christ meets us in the air, he takes his church up, followed by the tribulation period, and then the physical second coming of Christ to the Mount of Olives. That would be a great place to say, Amen, I can't wait. Let me ask you. What is it that lulls us into sleep, spiritual sleep? I thought about this, and and we can make a long list here. We don't have the time today to make a list that would be exhaustive to cover these things. What is it that lulls us into this spiritual sleep? I think, first of all, the first thing that came to my mind was our busyness. Our busyness lulls us into that spiritual sleep. We don't make the time, or we don't have the desire in our lives to nurture and develop our relationship with God. We don't have time to study our Bibles or to serve God like we used to serve Him. We're not passionate about the things of God as we once were. I have found this in my life, that I will make time for the things that are a priority at the moment. How about you? Yeah. The things of God are a priority in our lives. secondly, compromising our lives with sin will lull us into spiritual sleep. If you want to take an edge off of your intimate and healthy relationship with God, then you just fall back into the ways, the things that you repented of prior to coming to Christ. And you will find yourself soon in spiritual sleep. Disobedience to God. Has God told you to do something in your life, to serve Him in a particular way? Or asked you to remove something from your life, and you simply disobeyed or ignored Him? There's a good chance that you're in a spiritual sleep if you've done that. Keeping bad company. This goes for... our. Our youth and adults as well. Keeping bad company will lull us into spiritual sleep. Hanging out with those that drag us down, that tempt us to do the things that we know that we shouldn't be doing. Those are some things that will lull us into spiritual sleep. The influence from our culture and media today. And the list goes on and on and on. And see, these things are like a Tylenol P.M. Some of you know what I'm talking about, don't you? They will put you to sleep, spiritually speaking. There's another passage I want us to look at. Turn to Matthew 24. Let's look at Matthew 24. Go to verse 36. I want to read these verses. Matthew 24, beginning in verse 36. and These verses clearly communicate to us the deception from Satan and how many who are apart from Christ will be caught off guard. Matthew 24, verses 36 30, 44, speaking about the coming of the Lord, but about the day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken, and the other left. Therefore, in light of what he has said, keep watch. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Basically, these people were going about business As usual, they were working and going throughout their lives with any concern for the things of God. Let me put this in in our vernacular today, and maybe it will resonate with you. There were two in their cubicles. One will be taken and the other left. Two will be standing in the assembly line. One will be taken and the other left. Some will be fishing. Some will be taken and the others left. You get the point, don't you? That's the reality. That's the reality. Bottom line. Bottom line. What will Christ find us doing if He returns for us before we die? Will we be living a life of obedience to Him, serving Him, or will He find us spiritually asleep? Where will He find us? Will we be ashamed of our, our spiritual state if He came for His church now? Let me give you one more scripture as we close out this morning. Turn to Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter 3 verses 10 through 18. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people, key question, what kind of people ought you to be? A critical question. You ought to live holy and godly lives. He's exhorting us. He's telling us we need to be living lives that are pure and holy. As you look forward... We're to be living with expectation the day of the Lord. As you look forward to the day of God, jump down to verse 14. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Amen, amen, and amen. His patience means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, and we have been warned by the word of God, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the era of lawless and fall from your secure position. Peter is encouraging us to live pure, holy, And blameless lives. To live a life with expectation of the return of Christ. Whether it's two years or two hundred years. To grow and mature in our faith. And to help as many people across the line of faith as we possibly can. For this is the will of God. I challenge you this morning. Our response This morning. Maybe you've been going through the motions of your faith. Then why don't you tell God you're ready. You're you're ready to get back in the game. There's some sitting here today. I I, I have to believe that you've you've never put your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ. You've never surrendered your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You know you should have. You've put it off. Don't be caught sleeping. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit of God has to say. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for how it speaks. We thank you how it instructs us, it encourages us, gives us direction, and it also disciplines us. May we as your people not be caught asleep in your church. We love you and we thank you. For all you do for us in Christ's name we pray. Amen.